Hi everybody, it's your old pal the Moo Cow, and we are back yet again for Indie Film Cafe, and I am joined by... Jonathan A. Moody. And together both of us are joined by... Simply Joe. Joe Simply Joe Turek. Back for more. Back for more. That's right. He survived survival. And um, so now we're going to do a movie from a guy that we have done movie before, and it was time. It's definitely time to do another movie from this gentleman. Have I? I? Oh, no. Oh, Joe hasn't done it. No, no, no. I don't believe so. Uh, And we are going to see this particular film from 1999. Imagine, if you will, a city where there are villains and monsters and horrible people running around committing crimes and murder, and there's only one person who can possibly stop them. Will they stop him or will they not? We'll have to see and find out. And uh, the movie is Super Badass from our buddy Charles B. Cullen. Oh, God, really? (laughs) Yes, really. It is time. It is time. It's filmed in Virginia. Roanoke, Virginia. When you were saying stuff about, like, all these baddies, I was like, like, are you talking about D.C.? (laughs) It's time, buddy. So here we go. Strap in. We're going to introduce Joe Turek to Charles B. Cullen. So has there been any other Cullen stuff before? There's one Curse of the Mummy Cat. Curse of the Mummy Cat. That's what drove Paige back to Florida. <laughs> Poor Paige. I saw something with a, a cat or mummy. It was a, oh, that was Aztec mummy. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, no, no, no. he did the he did the uh, robot versus the Aztec mummy, which right. you know. But now it's time to watch Super Badass. Super Badass, and we'll be back after we hear some mood music. Okay, and we are back. So, cats and kitties, super badass. First impressions. Who wants to go? You said cats, <laughs> like, like talking about the other one you guys did before. First impression. Um, uh, I, I, I don't see very many things in life, movie-wise anymore, that can honestly say that I had no idea and it was completely original. Like you didn't know, I have any idea what was going to happen. What, where, what was at times what was going on, where, (laughs) where it was going, and um, just in gen, in in totality, it's just it's it's, to be honest. On that note, that's that's kind of a fresh feeling, usually. (laughs) It's like if somebody wrote down their dream and then tried to translate it into a film. Like, that's what this feels like. It's just a bunch of random shit that all sort of, at the end, sort of, like, ties together, but not really. I mean, I don't know. That's my, that's my opinion of it. Um, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. I mean, there is a narrative. It does make sense. It does go A to B to C. It's just not on a straight line. It just kind of goes it all goes over the place. A to all the way up there to B. And all the way back down to sea, and then yeah. middle to sea. It's it's a very interesting and newish and um, original attempt at sort of making a sort of standard, you know, uh, vigilante story. Because that's basically what it is. It's a vigilante story. We've seen those kind of things in other movies before, but not 
quite like this. I mean, generally when you put super behind somebody, it's it's a superhero movie. That's kind of what you were expecting. That's what I was expecting. This is not a superhero. No, 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 movie. no, no, no. No, no this is this is this is a vigilante uh, who just happens to be called super badass because why not? Kind of like bad motherfucker on the wallet from uh, you know Pulp Fiction. Uh, Pulp Fiction. You know, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Well, if you had if you had an honorary, the honorary. What was it the judge's name? Uh, honorary. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Hard ass. Hard ass. Yeah. So you have judge hard ass. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad ass. So. Right. right. A hard ass. Um, judge A hard. So ass. who wants to take a stab at what this movie sort of is about or uh, what happens? I could try it, right. and then you guys can uh, start in the fifties. Interject. I don't even like that part. <laughs> like it made no made no sense. But he it's said got to start somewhere. But he said something to him about death's going to be following you or something like that. So as we've learned yep. later on. So. Yeah, death kind of, yeah, he says death falls, but like, yeah, there is a mm. little bit, starts all the way on the 50s, and then it goes into, I guess, the 90s, you know, 1998, uh, or whatever, and then he ends up, uh, you know what, you do it, you do it, Joe, <laughs> you'll remember shit I probably will forget. Basically, it's, uh, he he was in Mississippi back in time, I guess, it was his dad. I don't 1952. Know if it was him, I don't know if it was him or, or his dad. 57, or, sorry. Yeah. If it was him or his dad or whatnot, but um, uh, basically, uh, he's fast forward to him going to the city years later. Well, but before then, also, doesn't he do something like wrong? Like he he, he kills like, all, he all the snakes. snakes all, kills all the snakes. Oh yeah, because they, 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 he's pissed off because it's gonna because now the mice will live. Which yeah. Which there, there, there's some truth to that. Um, and, snakes eat yeah, mice. I, I guess Super Badass started off being too much of a badass and was killing all the snakes on the property and it pissed his dad off. Yeah. Which is funny because generally that's like a kid, mm-hmm. but it was Super mm-hmm. Badass as the same age right. as he is later. So it's like, wait, he, like what is it, 30, He's always 40, been like 40 years? 40 years old. He's always been 40 years old <laughs> when he was you know, five, you know, yeah, or so whatever. That, so that, that that's a little. But anyways, when it gets to the present day city, or, or wherever. Roanoke. Roanoke, yeah. <laughs> Everything's in Roanoke, baby. Yeah. Um, uh, he's he's basically, uh, I guess he runs, his sister comes in from time to time, but um, uh, he's basically called on by the mayor, which I guess is some Batman references and stuff like that there. But uh, just to, um, when, there's, when there's villains running amok, running afoul, and doing their thing, which um, well, I guess we'll get into at and some please, point. please tell the audience who the villains are. Um, well, the first one's Bucko the Clown, which... <laughs> I thought the bur- first one was the Boogeyman. Oh, the, well, yeah, Boogeyman. the first one was the Boogeyman. Boogeyman um, attacked yeah. first. Yeah, Boogeyman attacks first. That, that was the first one. But I'll, I'll say each one of them first, and then we'll sort of go back there. So, so there's, there's the Boogeyman. Then there's um, Bucko the Clown. And um, for me, Bucko the Clown... I have clowns. I, I'm not one of those people that have like major crazy phobias, but to me, anybody who's got to paint a smile on their face is just there's a, they, they got to have problems. <laughs> and, um, and Bucko definitely fits that criteria. So, anyways, there's Bucko the clown, the, the um, who's who's not very children friendly, um, not very friendly yeah. to anybody. Yeah, <laughs> for that that's matter. true. So that's that's villain number two, and then number three. Uh, uh, Light bulb. Light bulb. Light bulb. Alexander T. Bulb or whatever they called <laughs> was in um uh, uh, he was sort of a um, Scottish British uh, quote Miami Vice looking 
uh, wannabe something. Yeah, like Miami Vice meets uh, train spotting. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, uh, so anyways, these three are, are, are doing their dastardly deeds amongst, amongst town. And, um, uh, dastardly deeds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but it's like some of the, some of the stuff in there is like, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's stuff that I, I don't know if I would thought I'd ever see on camera. <laughs> I, I ever see on film before. Yeah, um, and we'll I probably, get to that. Yeah, so I'm. Um, uh, but anyways, those three are um, in the in the mayor is it calls badass in who's has to between his his various pigeon documentaries and um, training other, montages, yeah, very tra- very long montages, training um, montages with uh, Native American dr- tribal music in the yeah, background, cooking up his drugs or whatever he's doing, <clears> and, and um, and then drinking his uh, his water from a flask, um, supposed to be some kind of alcohol yeah. liquor, but it looks obviously like water. He's just, oh, 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 yeah. you know. Yeah. So and um, he's in black and white when everybody else is in color. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot of black and white color back and forth, which I, I don't completely get, but I'm sure that we can we'll get into that. But I think that's it's a stylistic choice. Yeah, that's a stylistic but choice. But he did it sometimes with the trucks moving and different things going. So I'm thinking there was probably yeah. something about when reality was there or not reality. But the, this whole movie's not the reality truck based. part got me because I wasn't really sure what was going on with that because it was so often. Yeah. It was so, so often, but it was just, no, it was padding. I mean, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, any time he went back there, all I could think of is, okay, they had no other shots figured out, so they just had to keep <clears throat> using the shot of this truck driving down the road that they got. And like, they didn't want to just stay on him training continuously for five minutes. Don't forget death, the death who yeah, follows death, after death, him. Death right on ride on the motorcycle, death was coming after him, and um, eventually there was a confrontation. In the How climax. did we know it was death? Um... Well, it said death on the license plate. That's so <laughs> we knew it was death. And he yeah. had a mask. Yeah. And he had a mask of like a <clears throat> well, he looked skull. Like, looked like he was from Rob Zombie's group. Um, uh, I was going to say a wrestler. Looked like a Mexican yeah. wrestler. Yeah, the lucha lucha wrestler. Luchadoras. Yeah. So, um, uh, but so the mayor and all that um, wants badass to catch these different ones and take them out. And um, uh, there's a lot of commentary on uh, what's going on with those people and their kids and. In, in, in society, the justice system and all that stuff, but um, stuff happens in the court system where some of them get out, and it's just the back and forth of him, him trying to chase them down, and that's pretty much the story, in its mm, in a nutshell, uh, most simplest, of, yeah, nutshell, and most simplest. Of it's terms. so weird because you made it a lot more straightforward than it actually is in the film. Yeah, <laughs> you made it seem actually like it's a normal movie. But yeah. it really isn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, I, th- I think the, the part that I said is, is the grounded in reality, probably a couple sentence thing of what a story could be for this. But in reality, I mean, it's, it's, it's on so much. Light, light bulb gets thrown off the roof of a building, and he like for like two minutes, he's like, ah. And we're like, is, you, you said, Paul, you're like, is he flying? Yeah. Or right falling, now? or but then he was saw, falling. Yeah, then you saw him crunch onto the ground, but then he's picked up and walked into it. <laughs> right, and then they bring him to the judge, and the guy's like, "Oh, I'll take his head off," or, and they cut his head off, and then he's like wandering around without a head for a while. Yeah. Well, so so he got he got his come up and it's pretty quickly. And there's a continuity error in there too because his head was not oh, yeah. uh, the same hair that he had when like, you know it grew. Yeah, it had grew. like long hair. The the I guess the. The, the, the wig. The Trust me, head. in a movie like this, I don't think they cared. Yeah. Continuity doesn't isn't a thing. No. You know, <laughs> yeah. The 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 other one though, um, uh, Boogeyman um, got off on such a technicality that 
um, for, for the court case, which <laughs> you were like, I, I think what? I, 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 you it, were it, outraged. It, on it, that. It, it, I it, was it's, pretty it's, outraged. Well, it's, it's total BS. But it, but it, but I will say this: it is a, it is a, it is a nice jab at the, uh, the, uh, at the, at the um, criminal justice mm. system because that, like, how, oh, how stuff, how something so stupid and arcane can really work. At the, <laughs> as like somebody who mentions that in the court that there's a that the person had worn a mask. Now all of a sudden he's free to go, and I'm like. <laughs> That, that's bullshit. Oh my god, no. you were so like, outraged. Like, 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 I would be out, like, I, like you infringed on his human rights <laughs> by 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 mandating you take his mask so off. So funny. <laughs> but I mean, what's the like? because uh, because they didn't want to show that it's the same guy probably that plays all these other parts. Oh yeah, I mean, we saw that in credits. There's one guy that played play like 20 parts, and I'm pretty sure it's him. Meanwhile, Boogeyman has like slaughtered this little girl, this cute little girl. Oh I yeah, mean, you knew you were up for nasty. You, you knew you were up for complete chaos in the first five minutes. And um, yeah, the, the, read, the mom and dad reading the bedtime story, and it's the Boogeyman, and then I, the Boogeyman comes and kills. And then they, they can hear it, and they're like, "Oh, you know, being, you know, just go to sleep, whatever. We don't care." Well, I love how she's not even afraid of the boogeyman at first. She's just like, she looks at him and goes, "You're the, you're the boogeyman, aren't you?" And he just nods, and then you hear her scream, and her parents are like, "Just go to bed, honey." You know. And, and then later they're on the phone and like, "Yeah, we lost our daughter to the boogeyman, but it's okay. We have insurance." Well, no, they said they don't have insurance. Oh, I thought they said they, they, didn't they did. Have, they didn't have insurance on. No, the insurance didn't cover boogeyman. Oh, that's and stuff, right. It didn't right. cover boogeyman. And then, so. and then they start laughing about it. <laughs> and, and, I'm think, like, I, and that's another. I think that was another jab of him to, probably towards the insurance industry or something too. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, not not so subtle jabs. And then, yeah. but this movie's not subtle. And then Jocko the Clown shows up to a bunch of kids, and uh, he's, like, pulling weird things out of his bag and, you know, talking with his, oh, Jocko the Clown voice. And then he pulls out a machine gun well, oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, shoots yeah. them all in front of us. Well, I knew something was wrong when he pulled the alligator, and the alligator ate the gorilla or something. Else. And everybody was laughing. All the kids were laughing. They thought that was funny. And then... Uh, and the machine gun comes out. I mean... You don't see a lot of movies where a kid gets killed. This is like 15 of them. And, and, that's, um, and that's after the boogeyman kills, hacks up that little girl. Let's yeah. point something out, though. This was 1998. This was a year before Columbine. Yeah. And so I think a, a year after Columbine, this movie would not be allowed to be made. Yeah, And I'm not even sure that Charles Cullen would have done that scene because we were all still in, a, in an innocent way in that part of, of time and you know we there were school shootings but they're not like now where it's like every other day but it's just it's just nuts but you're right I certainly you can't film that kind now, of scene I don't, now I mean Colin can do whatever he wants it's his films <laughs> he does it with his that. money he, he can shoot whatever he wants um you, normally this movie kind of this kind of movie won't be done well that, that's what I was going to ask is uh, yeah this happened before Columbine and stuff like that and before this school School shootings and stuff like that are commonplace, unfortunately. But um, well, obviously this is in his, this is in his mind in itself. This movie was funded, I guess, on his own or had very yeah. minimal backing from outside that. So he made what he wanted to make. It's so it's, a it's, joke. It's, just, it's it really it's black humor. The thing is, then it was humorous in a twisted kind of way, but funny and ridiculous. Now 
because of the reality that we live in, that's nothing funny about that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I'm saying you could have filmed that back then. You just you can't film that now. You just yeah, can't. you can't make movies like A Clockwork Orange now. You know, no, no, like people could try, but it's just it, it wouldn't fly well because movies and it about didn't fly then either. Honestly, I, yeah, I don't even think it flew well then either. But people, it, it became like a cult thing. Uh, nowadays, it wouldn't even be a cult thing because people just don't want to see that shit. People don't want to see people getting raped all the time. Um, Not all the time. <laughs> well, well, I don't, I, I, I don't have any background knowledge on Charles Collins. So I mean, maybe, maybe. One, is is this like a, a frame of mind that he has with his other stuff of just complete chaos? Oh, he, he likes and, to go to weird places yeah, and do weird things. And, and so on that note, he made this then. Would he still make that now or uh, would he not make it? I don't know that he would. I think he would he would find some other way of doing something weird. But I know both of us kind of looked at you thinking, oh boy, Joe is not going to like this scene. On the cover of the thing, it says an ultra-violent classic Mm -hmm. from Charles Cullen. Um, He was, ultra-violence was the big thing in Clockwork Orange. He was trying to make something that was on par of that kind of And that's on the box, and we we should point out this was uh, released by Sub Rosa in 2003. So this came a few years later. I don't know whether Charles Cullen either self- released it or, or found somebody else but this particular version is um, I guess that's uh, SRS right? SRS, Sub Rosa. Which is where I got it from. Well, there's and a lot of spoilers on the on, on A the lot pictures. of stuff there. There's where did you spoilers. buy that? Like how did you get that? Yeah I got I got a few of these. Um, I'm pretty sure I went on their website. And, and on Sub Rosa's or? I think so. Okay so because I know once you got introduced to Mummy Cat, you had to go oh, yeah. get as many a colon films I got films this. As you could. I got the South will rise again. And I got a couple other ones in there. There's and they're all they're all Sub Rosa. Yeah, I pretty I'm pretty sure they are. They are. There wasn't as much puppet action in this as I was hoping. There is a little puppet There's action. A little puppet action. A little puppet. But, but that's the other thing Charles Cullen is known for is making weird, wacky, weird puppets. So see, that's fine. I mean. I, it's, it's just, I mean, there's no reference to the kid stuff on the cover, but there's a lot of spoilers on the cover, both front sure, and back. Sure, sure. I mean, real spoilers um, to some of the characters, but um, uh, they they don't have really much reference to the kid stuff, so that could be a product of it being four or five years after the fact in the time the world had changed with what was acceptable, not acceptable. Yeah, like yeah you so. obviously don't see any of the kids die in that in those in those pictures. And that's because they, except for their sister, or who the we sister, were yeah. pretty sure was 16 or so. And you weren't expecting that. <laughs> no, I was kind of sad about that. I liked her. I know. I she, she was, was sweet. sweet. And that's the problem. And that's the thing. That's how they set you up. They bring in somebody who's cute and sweet and nice, and you don't want to see anything bad happen to them. And so, of course, that's the first person they try to, you know. Well, also, this once again, you bring up that this was like a vendetta film, like a revenge yeah. kind of thing, like a death death wish or something like that, where, you know, uh, Charles Bronson is out there you know, trying to get, you know, to kill the people who killed his uh, uh, his family or whatever. And that's what that is. Like. Yeah, this is like a mashup of Death Wish and Dead Alive. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I saw some Punisher. Over-the-top, yeah. cartoony, ridiculous violence, blood and gore. I, I, I like that it's sort of... It sort of has that 70s feel to it, um, not as much as the other movie we, we just watched. Um, but it has that sort of 70s, like, he Grindhouse. looked like a... 
Yeah, he sort of looked like a pimp at first, you know, super badass, <laughs> like with that little hat of yeah. his and yeah, and funny. whatnot. He, <laughs> Judge told him, get that hat off in my courtroom. <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, yeah, it was it was ridiculous. So. And just these weird characters floating around. You know, you have the puppet man who's called the puppet man and the man who walks the floors. Who, He's basically Jesus, I guess. I guess. He was long hair yeah. and a beard. Um, well, the, he, he he was parallel to death, so I mean, I'm not yeah. sure that's what it was. So, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of religious angles in this, and I'm, I'm not. And then I'm at not, the end, there's like the preacher. I yeah, mean, there's a long sermon. Uh, uh, was a monologue that was of, uh, the, straight. I mean, that was played minutes, straight. I think that sermon. was a real sermon. That it was he like just it was like three to five minutes of a sermon at yeah. least. I and, think he recorded yeah. a real sermon and just put it in there. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm I'm kind of torn on knowing if if this really came from a place of religious in interest or anti-religious interest because it, some of the stuff that happens in it can be pointed both yeah, ways. Yeah, there's definitely allegory going on. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's pro or against or whatever. I, I just think that it's in there. It's it's flavoring the, yeah, the narrative. Yeah, I think so it's seasoned because like there's there's not really a there's not a message or a soapbox for mm -hmm. any of this stuff. It's just literally like, okay, I'm going to you know, I'm going to pepper this with this stuff, and then I'm going to pepper this with this stuff, and then I'm going to pepper this with all of this other crazy shenanigans that So, happen. now, you saw Curse of the Mummy Cat. Yes, were it's you, been a while, three you, years. Were you kind of expecting it to be very similar to that? Um, I mean, I knew it was going to be weird. <laughs> was it weird, but did it have a narrative flow to it? And this did. This had a I mean, pup, Mummy Cat was weird, too, but in a different way. But it did have a narrative flow, yeah. I mean, it was a movie. It wasn't, like, experimental to the point where it was, you know, everything was out of order or, you, you know, know. For example, in Mummy Cat, you know, they, it, was, it was supposed to be the Old West, but people were riding lawnmowers. Instead oh. of horses, yeah, yeah, it was just, just uh, stupid, weird, goofy weird, shit. Weird, goofy shit. This movie had some weird. Goofy this was shit. a little bit. I think you mentioned before it had a little bit more of an experimental movie feel to it. Yeah, just especially with some of the visuals and some of the editing choices. You know, I think we mentioned the the truck being put in an awful lot. Um, I the, swear to God, that's padding. The that's just extended montage, training montage, where he's doing his. Native and American padding. thing. It, well, because it, it just goes it, on for it's, too it's, long. It's some of that just some of the I don't say vanity on his part that he. I mean, it, what what was some of the oh, vanity <laughs> like uh, like uh, us seeing him as a clown and then and then we see his butt. Yeah, inside the moon. The but autumn. here's the thing though: most vanity projects are done in such a way that it makes the main guy, who's the writer, director, producer, star, etc., out to be like this super great fantastic person. I don't know that that happens in this. I don't think Charles Clellan looks particularly heroic or wonderful or fantastic yeah. in this. He's He looks like he's some kind of weird, psychotic, drunk, it, it, bizarro person. And that's why I'm, I'm wondering what type of person he is is this reflective of him personally or not reflective? Oh yeah, he is this a, is this a, the way he could play something completely opposite of All of his is. movies are definitely way off the hook and strange and I know he used to at least used to as of the last couple of years had a um, uh, sort of a um, a live playhouse thing in Roanoke where they he would host 
horror movies and they would do weird stuff and he had a, a radio program he's got a, a website that we mentioned in the last uh, podcast that we did about his his thing where he can he talks about the different stuff that he does the different music that he does the different shorts the, the different kinds of puppets that he does so you know he's guy he's kind of a wackadoodle mm-hmm. creative artist guy who likes movies and just likes to make weird shit so this is probably it, it probably leans more to who he really is. I think so. I, I, I think he's one of those guys who has a story, but he's going to tell it in his way. And his way is not going to be like anybody else's kind of way. And I, I dig that. I, I like that a lot because that, unlike a lot of other filmmakers who are going the tried and true way and are expecting to make money on this, he's got to know this is only going to find a niche audience. This is right. not. Oh, this yeah. is not a general. Somebody like Paul audience. will buy it. Exactly. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this scratches my itch, but it's not going to scratch most people's itch. But yeah, yeah it, it'll probably it probably rub them the opposite way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're kind of right though. I agree with you, Paul. Where this movie feels more like, um, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, like he's not trying to go mainstream and do something that every audience is going to want to watch or whatever. He's going to do his own thing. He's going to make a movie that he's happy about that a lot of audience, he's going to alienate a lot of, um, you know, his audience. Uh, there were a couple of people we're not going to mention, but we're a couple of people who were like, we're not going to show this movie to them <laughs> because we just know that they're right. not going to like it. But you were saying, you were mentioning showing it to somebody like Jackie who will look at this movie and go, what the fuck are you making me watch? <laughs> chuckle you know? over it. Yeah, maybe she chuckled, maybe not. I don't know. She'd be like, I think Did that just happened. I think I think I think I I think I'd probably uh, lean to the way you're saying Jackie would. Yes. I think Tino Krauss would find it humorous. I think, um, oh uh, uh, gosh, who was I thinking? Um, Kate Phoenix, I think would enjoy this. Yeah, and um, yeah, Joe, I was very surprised because I mean, first of all, we have to preface this by saying. You told us before, oh, there's a clown on it. I don't like clowns. Yeah. You know? And we <laughs> were like, oops. Okay. Well, for, for me, it, it, clowns just, like I said earlier, paint faces and stuff like that. It's like that's just, they're hiding something. But I did like that you said there was some foreshadowing. There's a part where the guy says, you know, uh, don't get into another person's car unless it's a clown. Unless it's a clown. Well, <laughs> well he said it twice, too. <laughs> I know. And then, then sure enough, <laughs> a clown shows up and... It would have been cool, like if she had the voice of him, like pop up or whatever, and listen. And he's like, "Don't, don't get it unless it's a clown." Yeah. And then she's like, <gasps> "That's why when, when they said it the second time, I was like, oh, she's screwed.'" And yeah, so, she's <laughs> and the clown. really, I mean, that's kind of a nasty, horrible thing for her too. And that that wasn't, you know, because we were used to being wacky and funny. There was nothing wacky and funny about this was things that happened to her. That's just. Bad. Well, or the though, things that happen to the kids. Well, like, yeah. He when was you, the when worst. You, when you say wacky and funny, it's like it's it's there's wacky and funny moments, and there's some moments it's just like complete just shock. Yeah, yeah it's, it it's jarring. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was his point, obviously, yeah. when he was making the movie, is he didn't want to just give you shocking or or you know, sort of <laughs> right. funny and because goofy. then he follows up the fact that she's murdered by saying he's going to have to go undercover as a female clown in short shorts with almost no underwear on and a, and a bra and he's clearly got a hairy chest well unfortunately and, i saw that i think he was wearing a thong that's that <laughs> it, I, unfortunately very for, tight thong. unfortunately for my eyes i saw that <laughs> I, you guys went oh uh, i know yeah. I uh, I love the part where he you know is like 
She's he's she's he's like I've never picked uh, I haven't picked up a clown in a while yeah, or whatever. I, I haven't had a piece of piece clown in a while. And a then, piece of clown. <laughs> then, then they're bartering <laughs> over fifty cent differences. No. Yeah, yeah, three dollars for the peanut butter. Five dollars. Oh no, two fifty. Like, What's it made oh, out of gold? But I'm wondering if Charles Cullen was was when he was thinking of an idea for a film or whether it was his dreams or whatever gave him the inspiration for this. If it was like. He f- could find a way that he could dress in women's clothes with a clown <laughs> paint. It'd be, it'd, be like, it'd be like you writing, Paul. You yes. write some wearing a wearing a. I want to do something where I get to wear a cow suit. Exactly. He's got to be a Ed Wood fan because, oh, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. he's Charles he's E. One Cullen. Of us. He's Charles E. Cullen. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. so he's, he's not Edward D. Wood Jr. So Charles E. Cullen, and on top of that, he dressed up in women's clothes yes. on purpose yes. while yes. directing. Yes, you know, so he is he is he's one our of us. modern day Ed Wood. Uh, he's the and Ed, he's okay with it. Ed Wood of the two thousands. But but, but I, I will say, from a filmmaking standpoint, there is some uh, obvious skills. Oh in, yeah, in, 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 in the way that he made there's, stuff there's, with, the, with the shot selection. Yeah, the shot like selection, that. the editing. Well, the he had a he had sound. an actual um, he had an actual camera guy, you know, or whatever, uh, which was good because if you're directing a movie, you can't really be and acting in it. You can't really be sh- shooting it too. It's really diff. I mean, you can people like Chris Seaver can do that, but like mm. it's. It's tough because you usually have to have somebody behind the camera making sure. You mentioned, you know, it has kind of an over-the-top Chris Seavers feel to it. I do. I like. I, I think it did too, but um, I, I don't even know if Chris Seaver would like this necessarily. He might, but he might be like, this is too, you know, like mm-hmm. it's too much for him kind of thing. Um, you know, whatever, hack movies, all these guys who do these kind of like made a shot on video Goofy shit, right? You know, so, well, this was this was shot on film, and I mean, it looked shot on video for oh, sure. The, oh, this was shot on video, you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, I, I thought it had. I mean, it had. It was it was very cleanly done. If that's yeah. the case. Oh, it was probably shot on HD. It, but, it was or the good H- production. Probably not yeah. HD because it's ninety eight. So you know, the the sound was really good. All the lighting was good. The music, I liked the music. The music was really good. I liked the one scene where he goes in. Where the the I guess the pharmacy's being robbed and the guys give me drugs I want drugs and he you know they has the mayhap there and there's the guy sitting behind the whole time and he's just playing the guitar that's the music in the scene he's just in the scene because why not he's just there playing the steel guitar just yep. funny and then uh, and then what's it you know a uh, uh, super badass comes in shoots the guy but then ends up shooting one of the clerks. You know? Oh, sorry well, about that. Well, no, he didn't shoot the clerk. What he shot the bad guy. The bad guy shot the clerk. Yeah. Well, he he shot the bad guy. Yeah. The bullet hit the one chick, and then when the bad guy fell, his gun went yeah, off and, and shot that and killed the other one. Yeah. Well, the so, one the, yeah. In, in the well, the one pharmacist. So one died, one didn't. Yeah, the one pharmacist lived, and and she her response was very cold. <laughs> she almost. was hysterical. She was like she's like bleeding all over the place. She's like. Oh, thank you. What what would you like? Is like, oh, I guess I'll take some of this morphine. Yeah, morphine. Is what else would you like? Meanwhile, there's like blood spurting out all yeah. over the place, and he like he just takes the guy's wallet yeah, and starts rifling through. And it. her coworker just like died next to her. Yeah, or like that. yeah. It, but um, obviously the um, there there's no illusion of of the sanctity of life in this no. film. No illusions of sanctity of anything. I mean, yeah. when when um, uh, Lightbulb has his day in court. You know, the judge is like, you know, I yeah, take his head off, and then this weird-looking woman in tattoos and a mohawk 
a haircut just appears out of nowhere with an axe and just chops his head off. Yeah, there's no funny. There's like yeah, it's really random, and it it just feels mm. like Charles got his friends, got got together. They had, I mean, it probably might have been written a little bit, but I guarantee you a lot of it was improv. Just like let's where to go next. Um, then there were scenes like when we first meet the mayor. And you were like, that's the mayor? <laughs> you know, and it didn't look like a mayor's office. No, not at all. We thought it was, the, we both thought it was the police chief at first or so, someone like that. Or, had you seen this movie before? No. Uh-uh. I was oh. saving it. I was saving it, man. Oh, I wow. saw. I saw the trailer. This was so the first I, time I had an idea. It? Yeah. So, but I was saving it for, for all of us. So. Wow. So you had no idea. I had an idea. Like I said, I saw the trailer. But the, did the trailer show the kids getting killed? No. Okay, no. so that stuff shocked you probably even. Well, it's, it, 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 uh, I don't it, want to say. I don't say it shocked me, but it made me worried about having this for Joe because I would have been like, oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know how, but see, Joe doesn't have kids, so it's okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, no, <laughs> if, a, if a dog got killed or something, but certain things I know, know, like like yeah. in Wonton Ton when the dog put his head in the oven, that really got oh, you. <laughs> yeah, things like that probably. Well, and and it showed it, it, it showed it got, that, that all the kids got killed, but then it, it like just stayed on. It just had it had to show each kid. Yeah, it showed each, each kid. One, which I bet was. I mean, I like I said before. I think the kids really wanted to do this. You oh, know, they right? They had fun. They were like, "Oh my god, I get to die in a horror they're all film." Dressed in white. Well, you four noticed, of them had the so same last could, name, so, so I think it was the, one family. So yeah. that the blood could. You know, be more noticeable. And on top of that, like the kid, you know, I bet that was the thing he wanted to do was, you know, if all the kids want to be in this, they're all going to get a shot of them. And I think I saw one of the kids, they're, they're, they breathed a little bit. Yeah. So no, I thought I saw know. a little smirk in, or, or movement. In Probably, the but, you know, yeah. all the but, blood looked really good. All the all the squibs were really, really well except, done. Except for the one in the shoulder of the one person. Cause oh, I, yeah. I saw it pump, pump The one that Moody had thought was a girl at first. Because oh you're looking God. through the keyhole and you see them dancing around and with long hair and a dress. And we all sort of assumed that was a girl. And then he opens up the door and he's like, you know, stick man, where's stick my boy. money? Stick, stick boy. Yeah. And you were like, wait, stick boy? Boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and after, after he was an arrow shot into him and he got sprayed with that the big gun, um, he, he seemed <laughs> to make his ran. way out of the building pretty 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 well. Yeah, yeah they, or, they both shot each other multiple times and it didn't seem to bother them. They only had, like, he uh, was it um, light bulb only had one bullet. Um, but you said that was a train spotting. Uh, That's parody. what it reminded me of. Yeah. No, I think it was an homage because you said in the uh, sick boy, sick boy, yeah. and stick boy, and so the, I think it was, it was this a. Is within two three years after. Yeah, yeah. it had been like actually ninety wasn't it ninety what six or 96 seven six was train spotting. Okay, ninety six. So yeah. two years later. Yeah. So it's like if they had done like the filthiest toilet in Roanoke, I, it would have been a little bit more on the nose, but it wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah, yeah, they tried to make it, you know, they tried to make it as much of an, an homage and everything without fully doing it, you mm -hmm. know. But I'm sure 
if you talk to Charles Cullen, you're like, I loved your train spotting homage. You'd be like, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Not many people yeah. probably get and, that. And, that, and that, that's a difference in this one versus other ones that we've seen in the past where homage versus a ripoff. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. This exactly. is not a ripoff. Yeah. This was, a, none, none of this movie was a ripoff. Yeah, this oh, is, no. This is, this is original in every way, I mean, for better or worse. I mean, it's, I, I, it's, it's, you're not going to see very many movies like yeah, this. It's, yeah. It's, from a filmmaking standpoint, there's not much that I'll say bad in that. I mean, there's some questions stuff like that. Morality? Eh. I mean, I, I, I look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and sometimes when there's some things, like we've, we've been through this before, when you talk about different things that cross different lines, and it's like, is that really a kind of, you can't undo that from the rest of your experience for the, for the film. Well, you get the impression Charles Cullen is the kind of person who not only will willingly cross the line, yeah. he'll stomp on the line and yeah. pee on it, too. Yeah. And, and yeah, for 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 better or worse, I mean, he's he's is it obviously he's being true to what his vision was here, and obviously that 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 very much makes it a niche, a niche film. Well, and doing it in a way that is original and not like anybody else. In the beginning of the movie, there's like a in the like first whatever there's like a scroll and mm -hmm. it's talking about basically how this was his dream, his you know his plan, his vision. And everything like that, and you know what? If I've been no one else can curse. make this movie, I've been blessed with a curse. Yeah, blessed with a saying. curse, and you know, and nobody else is going to make this movie except for him. And this is something that Paul has talked about on multiple occasions on multiple different podcasts, talking about people who are basically who they are, right? So you make a movie. Paul's going to make a movie about giant robot penguin laser penguins because nobody else in the world will do it but paul Damn you straight. know right and everything and so that you know that's 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 what charles does he mm -hmm. takes movies ideas he has ideas he says you know what i'm gonna fucking make yeah. this movie the way i see it and held you know held anyone else who yeah, well, judging from his um uh his 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 um, filmography and stuff like that, other stuff he's directed and stuff, It's that definitely seems to be the case. Oh, yeah, yeah. and I, I appreciate somebody who takes a big fucking chance because, you know, that's your money, that's your time, that's your energy, that's all your friends, and you're going to try something that has not been made before. Even if you swing and miss, at mm -hmm. least somebody has made the attempt at doing something different, doing something unique, doing something that means something to them and that they're willing to put out all of this energy and, and money and time to try and do. Because if you're going to go to all the trouble, if you're going to go to all the expense, why make another person's movie or make somebody else's thing? Remake that's, it over and over Ed again. Wood, that's the movie. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. What, that's what uh, is the visions are worth fighting for. Yes. Why, why spend your life making that someone else's dreams? That was the best part of Ed Wood. He understood that's exactly where Ed Wood came Orson from. Orson Welles, yeah. yeah. Exactly yeah. where he came from. Even though that never happened, it's a great scene because it is very inspiring right. to filmmakers to know, like, this is it. This is you going out... You making the movie. You're going to go, uh, Paul, you're going to make your movie. It's going to be so fucking nuts because it comes from your brain. And that's the connection between Ed Wood and um, Orson Welles, but it's also the connection with Charles Cullen and some of these other folks, you know, Neil Breen. All of these folks that, Neil that Breen we love. Out. Tommy Wiseau. Tom, yeah. I, I, even, if, if you, even if you hate the room, there are people who hate the room. 
even if you hate the room, he went out and he made the movie that he wanted to make. You know, regardless of anybody, probably people told him, this is a terrible script. He said, I don't care. I make movie my way. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to do it. I've got the money to do it. I'm going to make it my way. And, and hell be damned if you if people like it or not. Right. Now, you were saying uh, before on the last movie that we did that um, that you wouldn't ever show something that you weren't proud of or whatever, right? And everything like that. But these people here, they're making things that they're fucking proud of. Now, oh, yeah. the last movie, they might have might have been proud of it. Who knows? Maybe they liked it. You know, whatever. That's cool. But this, but man, fucking Charles should be proud. He made the movie he set out to make, and you know, uh, we all got, we all watched it. It's, and, it's I, and, I, and, and I think, for, judging from what I've heard of, of, of what of what Charles sounds like he is, and what this film is, I think that there's such polarizing views that on on some whether it's morality or film, whatever it is, I think. That's not gonna. I don't think that's necessarily gonna rub him wrong if he heard this. I think that. No. I think that the shock value is what is intended. Uh -huh. and, and on that note, whether it crossed the line for something for me and it didn't for you or whatever on, on film, I, I think that that's something that he probably just find just amazing. And and remember, um, the whole point of art, and Charles Collins is an artist, and some of these other folks we talked about are artists. You, you're not. It's not so much the story or the image that's presenting. It's the way that it's done. That's where the art comes in. You know, okay? Because how many times have you seen the same story told over and over and over in a lot of these films? But it's the the difference is how it has been told. Right. How it was directed. How it was written. How it was acted. How it was shot. Etc. These we've are the seen things. Charles Bronson Vendetta movies over right. and over again. Yeah. Lots of them. Five of them. Well, I'm saying the yeah. that, oh, that yeah, that's, that's but also those are the ripoffs too. The yeah. ones that rip those Countless guys off, yeah. and he you also know. did the same idea many times. But over. nothing like this. Nothing like this. This this was done originally and different, and but only the way Charles Cullen can do. Right. Like he, you know, we we probably talked a lot of smack about him on the on the last movie because on the last you know one because. That one was not as not yeah. quite as good as this one technically. This, technically, what, 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 was speaking. it earlier in his? Um, no, it was later. <laughs> it was later. He just, I think, at that point, he was just making movies that, like, completely wanted to see, and and regardless of what an audience would want to see. I think, yeah, and by that point, I think most people who knew Charles Cullen and seen his movies, they know what to expect at this yeah. point. They, they're, there's nothing shocking going on there. Mummy Cat was not... Mummy Cat was worse. Um, <laughs> There's stuff then, that didn't work in Mummy Cat. Yeah, and technically speaking, and story-wise, and everything else, pretty much. It's still fun. Yeah. It's, it's still, still a fun movie. It's still weird and, and wacky, but it's it's not nearly as good. Mm. This is a better movie. This is a really good film, yeah. actually. No, let's not, not go that far. Ah, it's I not liked really it a lot. good film. I liked yeah, it a lot. I, I think, I think it was good. Very, I very... Vast opinions on on a lot of stuff. I, from this, I but do wish the montage scene had been a little shorter. Yeah. I do wish some of the truck scenes had been a little less. Um, I would like to have seen a little bit more out of the sister. 
Yeah, I I feel like that didn't really develop enough for us abrupt. to like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, a lot of it was abrupt. We were talking about that during the when we were watching it. Going, there'll be scenes where they're like, like her going into the car, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she's in the, like she's, time just she, just she's, travels. She's, clubbed, she's clubbed by a pipe all of a sudden. It's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's just that like, was brutal, man. None yeah. of us expected that. That just I, seemed very, you know, because you're going from cartoony. Ha ha ha! To holy shit, that was real. That felt really realistic. Yeah, and and I mean, some people don't like that. Some people, like I know my dad personally hates that kind of stuff, mm. like where it's realistic Jen, stuff. Just Jen hates ju- jumping from one style to the next. Oh well, no, but I'm saying like uh, my dad hates like the realistic, you know, stuff like that. You know, like where it gets. Because, you know, when he watches a movie, like, especially these kind, he wants it to be, like, fantasy, you mm. know, or whatever. When you start putting reality into it, he starts going, I don't like that because it feels too real. And when it feels too real, it turns a lot of people off. Sure. I, yeah. And, and I can, I, I can, and I think that with a couple of the scenes we beat on a couple times with the, with the. Yeah, um, no pun um, intended. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with the kids getting killed and stuff like that, it's like, once that happens, and that happened pretty early in the film. It's like you can't come back from that, and that is probably intended to be that way. You know so I, what? Oh, God. So, I, so I think I'd like to be able to know a little bit more of his background and what his intentions were in this film. Is it exactly as stated? Is there a commentary? Well, See there, other is. Stuff there, other there is. There is, yeah. and he has a whole web page where you can find all kinds of information out about him, about his style. The fact that he used to be a chicken farmer, and there's a lot of chicken stuff that, not so much in this film, but in other films that sort of pop up, little yeah. references and things. Well, there was a little farming stuff in the beginning. Well, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the killing the snakes and, and doing all that stuff. Like, that was obviously, I think that was his throw to the, everything. There's a lot of, like, graphic art that he does and music that he does. He's apparently quite talented in a lot of different aspects. So... Do you think he used the chicken farming thing later because of stuff like this? Like, he started, like, thinking to himself, oh, I can start incorporating I don't my... know. It's hard to tell. I would love to get him on the spotlight and talk to him. I think that would be fabulous. You know? So he's still around, though, He's right? still around, yeah. He hasn't made I, anything since I have yet, friended him on Facebook, so I see his posts every now and again. Um, he's he, From what I've seen lately, he's just kind of been talking about stuff that's happened in the past. So I don't know that he's doing anything right now, but... I'd love to reach out to him and see if he can get on the show. Sure. Sir, we've done two of your movies so far, at least. We're, I know we're going to do some more, so yeah. come talk to us. And, and that's where it'd be interesting to know what type of person he is, to know really where, yeah. a, where a lot of this is coming from. Because well, cause it's like he could come across, he might be the nicest person, or he could be the most, the strangest person. I don't mm-hmm. know, he could be the most vindictive person. If, God, if we get him on the show, we'll let you know so you can come on and you can ask him some questions. How about yeah, that? Well, because and, and, I'd like to understand, because it's like, when somebody does some of the stuff that's in this film, the shock value of it, they're looking for that shock value. Is that true to who they are, or are they just trying to point out stuff in society that they're it trying was to make comments on? funny, because during Mummy Cat, Paige was like, Charles Cullen, stop making movies. Just stop making movies. And then he did. Uh, fucking I know, fucking well. Paige. So Paige did not appreciate the, some of the places that he was going so, with so this Paige, thing. So Paige broke Charles Cullen. I don't know, maybe. 
<laughs> well, I that would be not. revenge because I think we broke Paige on that one. That movie was just like, oh, I'm moving to Florida. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm done. And, and I, no, and I, but then that wasn't the last movie. She also did the amazing schlock one. With that's us. true. Yeah, so she she lasted one other one, so oh. we gave her something okay though. Yeah, I wish wow. she had stuck around. I wonder if um, uh, what if anything, Colin's expectations for the audience watching this are from whatever backgrounds whether you get somebody who who's open to a lot of the ideas in this to people who might be offended well, by it or to this does he care and is, is, I think I think there's he, a, is he bothered by it I think there's a very different set of expectations when you're a, a especially if you're a beginning filmmaker that if you think that you're making stuff with the intention of eventually going on to Hollywood and becoming mm-hmm. and doing this full time, that's that's one approach. That's one way. On the other hand, if you're doing this because you think it's fun, because you think it's an artistic pursuit, and you don't, you, you're pretty much you pretty much know that's not an avenue you're going to go. You're just making the shit and you're having fun and you're John doing Jans- it. John Johnson. Yeah. I mean, it's a totally different experience, and in a way, it frees you to be able to do whatever the hell you want because it doesn't matter. You right. don't have to worry about he, what other people might think later yeah, on. Yeah, John can do shark, you son of a bitch, because Hollywood's not going to do They're shark, not you care. son of a bitch. Right. And, you know, and, and, and he's not going to be reliant on them for well, anything in the future. Right, so Charles Colson knows it was, Hollywood's not in his future, but he doesn't care. That's not what he's doing. It was interesting because I asked, I said, John, why haven't you moved to L.A., right, you know? And he goes, you know, just not, you know, not my scene, you know. He doesn't want to. And I go, well, then why are you not surprised that I'm moving? And he goes, because that's you, (laughs) you know. Like, I'm more Hollywood. I'm more of a person who wants to go Hollywood. You you want to work in that industry. Yeah, I want to work in that industry. That's that's a different thing. That's why I probably would never do something like this because it would, I mean, I don't think it would kill my chances, but it it would definitely, like, the only person I could compare to is, like, James Gunn who went, uh, did Tromeo and Juliet and then did Scooby-Doo. You know, like, you or, look back at this stuff. I was thinking the other guy, uh, what's his name, uh, who did Edward Scissorhands and Edward. Tim Burton. Burton. Tim Burton started off doing some wacky kinds of stuff that eventually, when he went into Hollywood, went more, you know, more mainstream-ish. But, but, those, but those ones, they, they might have been wacky. There's... Um, John Waters. Talking about Frankie Weenie or something, yeah. yeah. But Frankie Weenie ended Disney up turning it into like Disney? a Disney thing. Yeah, later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but those things from those couple, uh, I don't know if there's there's not as stark a moral line of stuff that's done in it in the, in those ones mm-hmm. that there's in this now morality is a personal choice and it on, on changes person person for each person, but the vast majority. Morally, would have been fine with Burton and the, the, those ones and Gunn's work. This one, it's it's going to, it's it's a very niche type of thing. It's going I mean, to offend quite a few. Look, people. look, look at John Waters. John Waters Absolutely. is one of the big, great independent filmmakers mm-hmm. who eventually ended up doing stuff for Hollywood. Nothing in his Hollywood uh, group of movies is anything like. The early stuff that made his bones. I'd also say Kevin Smith. Um, You know, Kevin did Clerks and everything that was more independent, but it was more mainstream than, you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of independent films. Then he went on to go do mainstream films, but now, then all of a sudden he did like Tusk. 
you know, and all these weird shit during his Hollywood days that's just like, right. what are you doing? <laughs> like, but, you know, I'm almost positive that if you ask Kevin Smith, he would have said, hey, this was kind of my intention all along was to get into Hollywood and make Hollywood kinds of films. I don't know that that's the true, no. the same with a lot of other folks. And that's fine. I mean, everybody has their own reason for making films. I mean, I jumped at the chance to get involved with you and, and, and Sickflick Productions to be able to make stuff because I think it would be a great, fun, interesting, artistic pursuit. I know in my heart, in my head, I'm never going to go to Hollywood. I'm never going to try and f find a job there. I have no interest in, in that. Unless I get you a job there. Well, that's different. You, you don't, you don't, you don't want to be part of comic book series um, film number 50? or I don't want to fall into the Marvel trap of uh, making stuff that I don't really particularly like, but now I can't even talk about it and, you know, just the way things are with them. And, and see, the way that I look at it is I try to have a balance. I, I uh, always... For me personally. If I'm going to get involved and do that thing, mm -hmm. I want to have the freedom to make whatever it is I want and not worry about... Stuff, getting not, fired yeah, or getting or getting yeah. blacklisted or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And see, and see, I like I like a little of both worlds. Um, You're Bilzebub, and it, it pisses <laughs> me off. Well, without yeah, I and I love Bilzebub, but it pisses me off that you have these other guys who don't take chances, will make safe Hollywood films, then they'll do things like you know harass women or get people fired for doing shit. But they, 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 it's okay. It's like Hollywood just lets them go because as long as they're making the money and making movies that they want, they let them get away with it. Whereas somebody will make a, a maverick film and all of a sudden, oh, well, we can't use them. James Gunn, he's been canceled. Well, you know what I mean? Well, not anymore. He was, but he, he yeah, it's someone, they finally forgave him. But you know what I'm saying? That, that ticks me off to no end. Well, it just, I mean, it, they, they forgave him because it was stupid. Um, and it was, was stupid. And, uh, like, I hate to say that, but, like, you know, people say stupid stuff on Twitter all the time. It shouldn't be held to what you said in the past. I mean, what you said in the past isn't who you are right now. And I totally agree with that. I mean, we all say and have done things, especially when we're younger, that we would not have said and done today when we're well, older. Uh, especially since, and we had a really good discussion on this when, we, when uh, Lila and Bobby and I did Zombie Cop. Of like what people would say and do back in the early '90s is completely different than sure. what's allowed today. Sure. So and then stuff like that, and uh, that movie, you know, Zombie Cop. If they tried to do a remake, could not be made with that script. No. no. Well, and that was bad enough that it shouldn't have been made then either. Yeah, it was just then. bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I but I think some of these movies and feels of stuff. It's 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 like when I see a lot of stuff now in the theaters. Uh, there's very few that harken back to that. It, I don't want to say nostalgic because nostalgic means it's just copying it, but the feel of those 80s films. Yeah, well, this, like nostalgia has been turned into a new way to make money, yeah, it, unfortunately. It, and and, and that's, that's the balance. It's like you've got to find the right, the right balance if you're going to try to be nostalgic. Use, use something of a previous entity and try to redo it or add to it, continue it or whatever. Yeah. And um, maybe... I, I'm trying to tie that with back with the, with this with this movie. Maybe um, Colin hasn't done stuff in a number of years because the way society is right now might not be as accepting of stuff that would come from. I him. So don't maybe, know. Maybe he's maybe maybe there's some frustration. I don't, I don't know that know. it's that com complicated. Mm -hmm. I think a it, it as an artist it takes a lot of money and a lot of time, a lot of effort. He's getting older. I don't know that he has a whole lot of money to sink into that. And b 
remember, uh, Mummy Cat was before COVID, and COVID mm -hmm. put the screeching halt to a lot of production companies and a lot of people. So I don't know yeah, whether... Yeah, money, you know, yeah, all this uh, stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to... I can't speak for the man, but I'm willing to bet that he probably either had other stuff that he wanted to do or was working on that all of that sort of put a halt yeah. for the moment. Yeah. Hopefully, he's going to do more things because I'm dying to see more. Yeah. I have several. Of, well, he didn't have to go there. I'm sure he has tons of movies, tons of stories. Well, but you, say, you say he does like graphic art and other stuff. Yeah, he so, does so other maybe, things. Maybe, maybe there's more focus in that. It's whatever, whatever, whatever works in his in his mind for for stuff. That that yeah, and on. I know that I think he, he, him, and his family have done other things. I think they have like a, a company where they like they build things with stone, and they they have other stuff going on. I know they had a farm. So I, I'm sure he has other sources, yeah. but um, you know things change after a while. I, I'm hoping that he will get back into it, because it, from what it looks like, it looks like pretty much all of his movies are going to be very interesting, unique, individual slices of Charles Cullen, right. which is great. I mean, that's that's really fun. So I I look at it like your proverbial box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. It's the same thing with this. You pick out a Charles Cullen movie. We don't really know exactly what we're going to get. All right, you're, thanks, you're, 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 you're quoting the Hollywood film there. Yeah, I know. There go. go ahead. It's in the past 30 years, barely. But yeah. <laughs> Did you even like that movie or not? It was all right. Okay. I, I didn't think it was all that, but I didn't hate it. No. You know. Well, I guess you never know what you're going to get, even, in, <laughs> even us. All right. <laughs> It's about that time. All right. Well, uh, having digested this film, we're now <laughs> moving on to the stickometer. Digesting. Uh, and the right word. this is where we start rating our film on 1 to 10 scale, by which the lower the score, the better the film. And the higher the score just means the stinkier the movie is. And usually a lot more problems uh, with different aspects of the film. And um, no, no, No relation to other type of things that you could say the higher the stink the lower the stink you know? well like i said in the previous video suppose somebody let out a fart and oh, uh, God. <laughs> if it was incredibly stinky you might give it a you would give it a higher rating versus a lower rating i think um, we talked about that in the last one yeah, right? that's we did i was trying to relate to something comparable yeah something. Well, there he goes let's just go with the fart <laughs> and also if we wanted to not an addition is it one to ten but you can give a half step half score if you want you know five and a half six and a half that sort of thing. And then we tally up the vote, and then we see where on the ladder of stink our score for this movie happens to be. And if it ascended to the stinky heaven of 30 with some of our friends up there with David the Rock Nelson and Neil Breen and a few other folks. I don't see that happening. Uh, we shall see. I, I, I do have one request. Can I be last on this one? Okay. That's fine. I have a feeling we're going to be all over the place. Yeah. I think so, too. I think so, too. And that should be interesting. So who would like to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I'll say six. Okay. I say six, and I'll, you know, I always I always like to back up why, you know, and everything. But a six because I feel, oh, we forgot to mention the... Oh, yeah. <gasps> the wheezing. And yeah, even the puppet did that. The puppet, yeah, everyone did it. That was yeah. funny. It became a thing where, oh, God, everybody's doing... Um, so yeah, so I, I think honestly, um, it was, it was decent and had, it had some really good moments that were, that were like really fun, had some excruciatingly weird, crazy moments where people got shot for, or killed for no reason or whatever, their head chopped off or, you know, As whatever. You do. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was crazy and wackadoodle, but it, um, it, 
it had a little level of stink, just a little level in a way for me. Whenever I do six, it's usually because I find the movie to sort of have a little bit of stink to it, to enough to, you know, warrant a six. But when it's when it's better, it's not better than that, you know, in my opinion. So okay, um, um, I'm gonna go lower because this is definitely my kind of I a figured. movie. I'm gonna go with a three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Three and a half. Um, this had a lot of good stuff in there. I think I mentioned some of the things that I didn't like, like the extended uh, montage and some of the trucks and all that. But everything else from the way that the story was told through the acting, which I thought was all very, very good, the cinematography, which I thought was very good, the music, the sound, all the production stuff was right there. Um, it just, I really liked the way the story sort of grabbed my attention and didn't let go. I was always wondering what the hell kind of wild, wacky thing is going to happen next. I liked that. I love the fact that buried under all of this stuff was a storyline that I was very, very familiar with. And yet at the same time, it just felt like, remember when we first stopped, paused the film, I'm like, oh my God, this thing is already 50 minutes in? That went so quiet, went so fast. Yeah, the pacing was really yeah, good. It did go by really so, quick. yeah, this, you know. The last it, 20 minutes seemed to drag a little bit. Yeah, that was where the montage started. That was after we took the break. Yeah, after we took the break, all of a sudden. The montage like, kind of put a oh, screeching yeah. halt on the training so, montage. Yeah, training I, and then the sermon. Probably, yeah, that didn't bother me. That sermon didn't bother me. It wasn't that long. That was like maybe. Two minutes. The training montage was was extensive. That so felt, felt like five that minutes. lost a point right there. Well, <laughs> if the training montage just had cut it down to like maybe two minutes or less, and didn't involve the fucking truck, you know, the truck. or the uh, what was it? There's truck or well, a de death was pursuing. So yeah, or death was pursuing. But there's also something else. Well, you, you could have done that in forty five seconds and not. Mm -hmm. Six minutes. Right. That's what I was asking. I was like, it was it a vanity point that he wanted to. No, to show I think himself. it literally was because uh, it was an hour and fifteen or so minutes. Yeah. It probably wanted to get and, better. And I would argue this is not a vanity project so much as an anti-vanity project. I don't think that it really painted mm -hmm. him in a, this wonderful light. Like you might look at it like a Neil Breen movie where he's always the best and always the smartest. Well, and, do you, do you, you think know. that maybe he? I'm thinking it might be the and that's why I like to know more about Colin before I before I, I, I say anything about any future seeing any future stuff because it's like I I think he might have wanted to be perceived this way so I and say we say vanity anti vanity I think it's what he wanted mm. that is yeah. the way it seemed because it's just it's it, some of the shots just seem to really stick on him for a little while with it he wanted especially the butt scene so he might have vanity he might have wanted you know, his character to not be perfect, but, you know, because he thinks he's not perfect. Mm. And so if he's not well, perfect, then, the you know. Plus, you know how it is as a writer and a director. Sometimes you have a character and only you know exactly how that character acts and speaks and talks and walks and does things. And no matter who you get, you're going to be like, no, 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 no. And it needs to be more like that. And I'm just going to do it myself. I get that feeling with this character because he's not really, he wasn't really in Mummy Cat. He was just in a little bit of Mummy Cat. He, he was the, the, the drifter guy. Right. But he, he was like 10% of the movie or 15% of the most. Whereas in this movie, he was in like a good 90%. 90%. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, Joe, what's your uh, score? I, I'm wrestling with halfway between one number and another number again. So, um, 
and your <laughs> Paul's all smiling because he's like he's like he, he, but this is good. This yeah. is I like the fact that um, you're like and, and I, and struggling. I think, and I think the um, uh, from a filmmaking aspect, it's one thing. I think from morality, it's another thing. And I think that there's also an aspect that I think that when I see movies, that sometimes it just comes across very there's a mean spirit in nature. And I think that there's some of that in this. And that bothers me. That's, that has nothing to do with the filmmaking aspect. But it, it's just the balance. And on that note, I'm going eight and a half. Whoa, mm. you went higher. All yeah, right. So it's like sort of split the difference. You, you sort of split the difference between us. I think hey, almost he exactly. He went janitor on us. Yeah. You know? yeah. like and, and, because... and, and I don't want to say, I don't want to make it sound like I'm like this, this morality pushing. Per- it's not about that. It's just sometimes when, when I... When I see movies and I see perspective, and and and, and I th- I think that from what I'm hearing, I, I think that he would probably love hearing stuff like this. Um, it's just it it just seemed like some of it was 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 like I'm gonna be rough, I'm gonna be mean, I'm gonna stay on the shots a little long, and and I, I'm there to shock people with it. And to me, sometimes that makes it to where it takes away from the entirety of it, and that's why. I have to go that level with it. From a filmmaking aspect, I'd look a little a bit differently. So yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I think like, but that stuff doesn't bother me because I, I as a filmmaker, I view that as filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So when somebody like lingers on those shots, it's not a personal thing for them. Well, it's, a shock, it's, yeah. it's a shock value I, thing. Yeah. So. I I get it to a point. Usually for me, I, the movie doesn't necessarily have to be moral. It just has to be good. However. Some movies will cross the line. I've said it many, many times over and over and over. I hate um, blood-sucking freaks simply because it is the single most uh, misogynistic film I have ever seen. And they did that not in a fun, funny, black humor, you know, ironic kind of way. It's just in an appalling kind of way. And, and not only is it appalling, but it's it's done in a way to sort of nod and wink at you and say, ah, isn't this fun? Aren't you the kind of person that likes to see a, a helpless woman get killed? Yeah, and you don't. And I don't yeah. like that at all. So I get yeah. where you're coming from with that, That especially with the kids in this. Yeah. Usually, Miss Moody and I have talked about this too, usually this comes into, into play when it, like an animal gets tortured yeah. or something especially if it's unnecessary that really pisses me off but right. i didn't really have that as an issue in here so for me it and didn't it, come into play in the fact that it happened kind of very early on it had the tone set for the rest of the film that that's there so it's like right. in, in my mind it's like uh, i think that if they would have built towards that instead of it being boom and then it's a sort of after that happens it's like all the other stuff it's 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 thrown out the window. It's like anything's possible. Anything or can happen. sometimes you get a movie where it's just sleazy for the point of being sleazy, where you've got, you know, nudity for yeah. the sake of no other reason than to just put tits in there, or there's bloody violence for no other reason than to just titillate. That's, you know, I tend to look down on the stuff like that. Now, if it's part of the narrative and an essential part, especially on the yeah. visuals part, that's a, that's a different thing. Irreversible has one of the most shocking, prolonged, horrific scenes of violence towards a woman that you will ever see in your life. However, it is also one of the most artistic and mm-hmm. incredibly shot scenes you'll ever see, yeah. too. Yeah. Hard as hell to sit through, but I yeah. totally dig the yeah. dynamic. That's Gaspar Noel. Gaspar Noel, yeah, no, he's, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, so so it, it's, it's just when, when, when stuff like that's done, it's it, it just... 
you, you kind of, for me anyways, it, it, like I say, I'm not trying to stand on some big moral high ground. That's not what this is about at all. Because, I mean, I'll give any movie a chance on its own merits. It's just sometimes, it's just a feel that you get when you watch something. Sure. And, and sometimes that feel just rubs you a little bit. Sure. And I think in a way that was intended here. And that's fine. It's just a little bit. Me. It, it a just, little it's, bit. Just, it's just for me. And it's, it's, it's not He's a thing. He's poking the bear a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and um, I, I, think that, I think that that's... He's a rebel rouser. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, yeah. Which is, I mean, that, that doesn't bother me so much as, like, I mean, I, it's not like he would be out there doing any of this shit. It's him with an artistic vision of what he thinks, like, some of the world is like or something, you know? Like, mm. I mean, I sure to God that there are people, like, there would be a really psycho clown that would go and murder all these kids if mm-hmm. he felt... Like, you could get away with it, you know, or whatever. Mm. Um, just fucked up people. I mean, what, what's his name was a clown? Um, Gacy was a yeah, clown. Yeah, yeah. This, this reminds me a little bit more of, say, uh, Kevin Strange and Strangeville and some of, the, mm. some of mm. his movies. They're it's, a little over the top and a little dark. But they don't go as dark. I think, yeah. I feel like Colin would darker than Kevin Strange. Yeah. Because Kevin Strange keeps it strange and kind of fun and goofy and silly. Um, and, and lighthearted. Kevin is more perceiver. Colin is more like, I'm going to go further than that, and I'm going to do something deeper and darker, more yeah. disturbing. And mix it in. And mix it in with this and, silliness. And, 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 I, and like I said, I'd like to know more about his background, um, to, to, and that would help develop even further yeah. well, feelings on this. We'll put the website up on yeah. the thing so you can check yeah. it out. And, and um, there's that, and um, I probably would like to listen to that, the, the, the little sermon thing at the end. There, I'm looking for a level of some, is, is, if, if it's even there, some redemptive elements of goodness mm. in, in this story. And I, and I don't know if it, if, if it was there or not. If it was, I, I kind of missed it. But I know that he kind of, stuck on the image of uh, uh, um, in the glassware of Jesus and stuff like that. So there might have been some more stuff in there than I, that I maybe didn't catch. Mm-hmm. And that, so I, on that note, I mean, that's, that I didn't catch the first time. Eh, it, 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 but good filmmaking, he, I think he's asking questions and stuff like that and, and poking the bear, if and you will. getting you to think. Yeah, getting you to think. And on that note, that, that's, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like... Absolutely. Yeah, so my number... It, it, the numbers are all over the place, but I think that they it kind of encompasses what this film really is. Right, I, I feel like that's kind of perfect for this mm-hmm. for this movie. Is you give it a three and a half, I give it a four, and you give it a you give it a four eight, or six. 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 Why did I say four? Six. Uh-huh. I said uh, so. Yeah. So you're just halfway between. It's like two and a half, two and a half. So you're in the middle. Mm-hmm. There, you middle. there you go. There you go. There you go. So yeah. So anyway, everybody. Um, let's see. What's what else? So we mentioned earlier that we have two more. So now we have one more. One more to season do. Season finale. The, the season finale, and then well, we are going to. Uh, it's been wrap chosen it. since last year, so uh, I couldn't wait to, to show you and just Jen. Oh, so you already had it already. Oh yeah. Since last oh year. yeah. <laughs> I thought you just planned it. All Absolutely. Right. No, no, no. This one I've been I've been waiting you're, on. You're about to get caught. I've been stroking <laughs> it, feeding it treats, and just keeping it warm and ready to to play for you guys. I can't wait. What what you like it now? <laughs> whatever he's going to put on. Hey, you never know, man. I, I don't know. Like, sometimes Paul will pick something up. I'll be like, uh, 
Maybe at first I might not like, but it might grow on me. Like, uh, fuck a roller gator grew on me. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the, thing, awesome. that's the thing about, about movies in general. It's like, if you, you, I try to go into every movie with an open mind to whatever it's, and then try Suzu to trust Suzu Queen it. of Monsters did grow on you? No. <laughs> whatever, whatever the film's trying to be, let it stand or fall on its own merits. Well, if Zuzu was about, like, a queen of a monsters, I would like it, well, you know, but it Zuzu, really wasn't. Like Zuzu Petals? No, Zuzu, Queen of the Monsters. You would like that one. You would. Mm. There's a dog and a cat, and they're very sweet. And they narrate... And, and what happens to it? Nothing. No. They, they win. <laughs> they win, but they narrate a whole movie that's in the middle of a movie. Oh. Like, there's a... They watch the, the Red Balloon. Red Balloon. And, well, I remember that, that French film. Yeah. Right. The French well, film, they yeah. narrate it the whole time. In their little doggy and kitty voices. They're, whoa, the Red Balloon. <laughs> that, sounds, yeah. that sounds kind of amusing. It's adorable. I, I don't know, after 30, 20 to 30 minutes of that going on, that might be a little... Uh. It's adorable. <laughs> and then, they, then you know, the evil queen from outer space wants to take over the planet, and they stop it. And, and what's the name of this one again? Zuzu, Queen of the Monsters. Don't know what you're getting. It's more of a kitty movie, which is what ticked Jen off because she hates kitty movies. <laughs> I, the one I worry the season finale is not a kitty movie. I can tell you that much. Oh great! I don't. It's probably you. You also pick movies that tick uh, Jen off, like uh, the the werewolf movie we had. I like to poke the bear with Jen a little. Oh, uh, Miss Werewolf! You gotta watch Miss Werewolf. No, the other werewolf movie. God, I didn't know there's. I forgot there's two. The one with the, um, oh, fuck. Um, the one with the little dance, the girl. Oh. Girl <laughs> dance. Yeah, oh. Gear, the naked werewolf girl dance. It's so oh, weird. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what that movie's called. Uh, uh, me too. But it was uh, a shitty movie. <laughs> you tend to try to find ones for Jin that'll get under her skin in some way. Uh, you know, entertain. So yeah. did you think this, the, this one was going to poke the bear a little bit with me? Or you, well, you just you never saw it. Well, based based on the on the uh, the trailer, I figured it would a little bit. I, I just didn't, you know, I didn't know because I didn't watch it before yeah. for all the way. I didn't know about the kid stuff. Yeah, but no. but you go into stuff with an open mind and attempt to take it for whatever it is that they're trying to be. Mm. Yeah. So we're gonna record the uh, I guess the last episode and maybe the recap. I think so. I, I think I we'll think the, we'll try to give the recap, and then we'll just save the next uh, when we when we have Jen in December. Yeah, we'll, we'll just do the do uh, presents and stuff yeah. then, but we won't do the recap then. But anyway, thank you guys for checking this out. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and check us out next Monday for a whole brand new episode. The final episode of season six. Final episode of season six. That's gonna be December. It's crazy. Yep, yep, yep. All yep. right, guys. Fast forward to that. Bye. 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 So you said to pull it out when you're over here talking yeah. later. Yeah. So. Did you say pull it out? That's what she said. No. Oh, are we on? We are. Oh, okay. Well, hey.